Hey, I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. And this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. It is me riding solo tonight. <laughs> um, so just as a warning for this episode, um, I am going to be uh, talking about kind of the last six weeks of life and how things have been going, um, what my birth experience was like with Porter, um, and how kind of the first month at home have been going uh, for us. And I'm going to be answering your questions along the way. So um, if that doesn't trip your trigger, sorry, this might not be the episode for you to listen to. But hopefully next week, Becca and I will kind of get our lives together and sit down and have some time to get back to uh, farm related things. So if you're not into this kind of thing, hang tight. We will be back hopefully next week with some farm content. Um, I know we are starting harvest next week and I know Becca has been super busy out on her farm. So hopefully we have some stories to tell you that aren't uh, involving births and stuff. So um, this is a a pretty vulnerable subject for me. So um, I'm a little nervous to do this, but I want to be as transparent as I can just in case people are out there that want to hear this kind of thing that, you know, our first time moms are pregnant with their first baby and they don't know what to expect. Um, because I sure as heck didn't, even though I asked a bunch of people their experiences, I still feel like I wasn't totally prepared for the experience and, um, hopefully this helps someone along the way. But before we get into all that fun stuff, uh, let's do some highs and lows real quick. Um, my highs for the week, we just had the Warren's Cranberry Festival this last weekend. And for those of you that have never heard of Cranfest before, uh, it's in Warrens, Wisconsin, which is known as a cranberry capital of Wisconsin, just because there are so many cranberry growers and marshes in this tiny little area. Um, so Warrens is a village of about 360 people, and during Cranfest weekend, Friday through Sunday, it gets up to like 140,000 people in just one weekend. So it's pretty crazy. It's basically just like a large craft fair um, that celebrates cranberries. I'm not, I don't know. It's just a lot of crafty things and I just go in for the food mostly. Um, but there are cranberry tours that happen as well. There's bus tours that go through marshes and stuff. And I've been giving tours, um, on those since I was, gosh, like 14 fresh in high school. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we're, my family is pretty involved in Cranfest every year. So if you've never been, it's always the last full weekend in September. And if you're into crafty things, or if you want to learn about cranberries, that is a weekend to experience it, I guess. It's, it's not my favorite thing, but, um, if you're not from the area, it's pretty cool to check out. It's the world's largest cranberry festival and it's got a pretty good reputation. There's a lot of cool things there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about Grand Fest. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's a nonprofit organization, and all the money raised um, through the weekend goes back into the village because people are giving up their homes basically for the weekend. So there's like all these booths and vendors set up in everybody's yard. Everyone who doesn't have a booth in their yard um, pretty much gives up their yard for parking. Like it's just a whole thing. The whole village gets involved and. Uh, all the money raised, again, goes back to the village. So it's a pretty cool thing for for the town. Um, but my low for the week also came from Cranfest weekend. I hadn't, up until this point, I hadn't been really moving and grooving too much. I've just been kind of staying close to home. And uh, on Sunday, I met up with one of my friends and she is a big craft fair junkie. And she, I met up with her and I was on my feet from like nine o'clock until five o'clock walking around and I, whew, I was not ready for that. I was very sore. I, <laughs> I'm still kind of sore. It's Monday night and I'm still feeling the after effects of Cranfest. It kicked my butt. I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> so my goal for the week, I guess, 
um, our renovations are almost done. I think there's just like a little bit left to do in our bathroom, I think. So hopefully everything gets wrapped up tomorrow, actually on Tuesday, and we can start moving stuff in. So I need to clean the floors. Um, all the walls are pretty dusty from like the the lights going in and stuff and the ceiling. Uh, so there's dust all over the walls. Uh, the floors are gross. Just kind of clean it up before we move stuff in. And hopefully by the weekend, we're all settled in and we can have a nursery. Porter can have a nursery so he's not shoved in a sock drawer anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not in the sock drawer. But uh, So he has a little bit of room and I have a little bit of room during the day too. So I'm very excited for that to be done. Okay, that was a very that was a very fast intro. <laughs> I think I'm just so nervous about this topic that uh, I'm just rushing through things. Um, okay, so if if you're new, if you haven't, sorry, moving my microphone. If if you're new and you hadn't heard a lot about my pregnancy um, before, just a quick recap. Um, I. I, I don't know. It, it, I, I don't know what, to, I didn't know what to expect with this pregnancy. I'm not the type of person that does like a ton of research into things. Uh, I, I thought that ignorance was bliss <laughs> when it came to pregnancy. Like I, I know there's so many different things that can happen during pregnancy. So I knew it wasn't like a one size fits all type of situation. So I didn't want to freak myself out and look into all these different scenarios. Um, so I just kind of took the basics, uh, like I needed to take prenatals and like, just, you know, take it easy and whatever. I, I didn't do a ton of research. So I, when it came time to like go in for my diabetes test, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know what week it was happening. I just kind of went in, um, took the test and I failed it miserably the first time the glucose test. I went back in, did the three-hour test, failed that right away. Uh, so I had diabetes right from, what is that, like week 20 or like earlier than that? I don't even know. I don't even remember what week I did the glucose test, but I failed it miserably. Uh, so I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes for the remainder of my pregnancy. Um, when I, I flew out to Arizona in May um, for some family stuff, and I got extremely swollen <laughs> during that trip and it never really went away. Um, so like my hands, my feet, like every part of me was just so swollen. And when I came back, it, it, I was just swollen from that point on. And I didn't really realize how swollen I was until after I'd given birth and I could see my feet again. And I was like, holy cow, like I actually have skinny feet. I forgot <laughs> how skinny my feet were until, um, that happened. And I didn't realize how swollen I was until that moment either. And looking back on pictures, it's just like, holy cow, why didn't someone tell me <laughs> I was so swollen? Uh, thank you guys who, who probably noticed that didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was kind of difficult. Uh, so I was able to control my diabetes just through diet, um, changes. So just cutting out a lot of sugar, um, from my diet and just making sure I'm eating mostly proteins and vegetables and drinking a lot of water, keeping sugar in moderation. So, uh, even, even watching how much fruit I'm eating during the day too. So that, that was a thing. And, uh, from that point on, once I kind of got the hang of like knowing what spiked my blood sugars, um, and kind of had the diet dialed in, I, it, it seemed like a pretty easy pregnancy throughout, you know, the rest of the summer and stuff. Um, until like, a week and a half before I gave birth. So like around the 37 week mark, um, I started getting like really itchy on my belly and I thought it was just stretch marks. Like I, I had stretch marks, but it was kind of underneath my belly and I couldn't see anything because I was that round. I couldn't see underneath my belly to know what was going on, but it was just so itchy. And then all of a sudden it kind of just like started on top of my shoulders and I it was like breaking out in hives. And I thought it was um, a new body wash. I had like a sensitive skin body wash. Um, and I thought that was kind of like causing these rashes. So I got rid of that, went back to my old body wash and it just started spreading throughout like the rest of my arms, down my legs, um, on my hands, like in between my fingers. And it was so 
painfully itchy. <laughs> like it was, it was so awful. So I obviously turned to Google and I started looking up like pregnancy rashes. And um, the the first one that popped up was called a pups rash. Is like P U P P S, and I don't know what it stands for, but it it's from what I understand, like the main causes of this rash um, is typically it happens during your first pregnancy. If you're a Caucasian, it happens more likely than not. Uh, and also it happens more with boy pregnancies than than girl pregnancies. Don't know. I think it's like some sort of um, hormone that your baby is producing that you as a mom are allergic to. I think that's what happens. So your body just like breaks out in hives and there's nothing that you can do to treat this rash other than to give birth and get rid of... <laughs> get rid of your child. <laughs> um, so I, I was miserable and it, like, I was pretty sure it was this pups rash, but there's also, um, a rash that has to do with like liver failure and causing jaundice and stuff. And that one's a lot more serious. So I called my nurse right away. And this was, I think like in the, right around 38 weeks when this happened. So I called the nurse and they wanted me to come in right away um, to get looked at. So this was, um, on a Monday that I came in right before, yeah, it was on Monday that I came in and they asked me, um, they said I had, okay. So they went in on that Monday and I had originally scheduled be, to be induced like a week from that Monday. So like on that Sunday, the 22nd of August, I was scheduled to be induced, um, because with the diabetes, they don't want you going past like 40 weeks in a day or something like that. So I'd scheduled it right before um, my 40 week cutoff date. Cause I, at that point, um, before I scheduled that induction date, I didn't necessarily want to be induced. I just kind of wanted to go natural, um, and, and make it as long as I could, because like, I was feeling fine until this rash showed up. So I was like, eh, like, I don't care if I, if I make it that long, great. And if I go, if I happen to go before then, that's even better. So the nurse asked me at that appointment for my rash. She's like, why are you waiting so long? Like <laughs> you can go in at 39 weeks, which would have been on uh, that Wednesday. So two days from that date, I was at the hospital or at the clinic and like, I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go that, <laughs> that soon. Like that's, that's real. Like that's happening this week. What are you talking about? No, I don't want to do that. And then she's, and then she's telling me like, well, as soon as you give birth, this rash is going to go away. So if I were you, I would go sooner rather than later. And once she said that it would go away as soon as I gave birth, I was like, oh yeah, if you can schedule me for Wednesday to get induced, like let's do that. Um, so she checked the labor and delivery schedule and apparently it was full on Wednesday. So they scheduled me for Thursday, um, the, what would that be? The 19th, August 19th. And we agreed and we said, yep, okay, get us on the schedule. And I said, great, you know, that's not a guaranteed date. If we happen to be full, you know, we'll give you a call and, and tell you to come in the following day or even on Saturday. Like it's not a guaranteed lock-in thing. So just be prepared that it could be pretty much any time. But if you, you know, if, if you're at home and you feel like you're going into labor, obviously we're going to get you in. But um, until then, just hang tight. I said, okay. So we go home. Uh, they just tell me to take some Benadryl, uh, take like oatmeal baths, um, that kind of thing. So like, there's nothing I can do to get rid of the itching. And it was so miserable at night. Like I'd wake up in like a cold sweat because I'd be it like that burning itching sensation. And it would be like in between my fingers and ugh, it was just, it was awful. I, <laughs> I did not like that. And I had just got done saying like, oh yeah, pregnancy, I'm starting to enjoy pregnancy. Like I can see why people would want to do this again. Like, oh, this is easy. No, after, <laughs> after the stupid pups rash, like, screw that. I, I, I was done being pregnant at that point. So, um, Wednesday morning rolls around. I am over at my mom's house making cookies for our nurses, uh, to take in the next day, making like little gift baskets and stuff. And I get a call at like 11, quarter after 11 on Wednesday morning. And it was the nurses from the clinic, 
from labor and delivery and they're like they're like hey amber i uh, just want to let you know we have uh, we have a bunch of openings in labor and delivery and uh what are you doing this afternoon do you want to come in a day early and <laughs> get the party started and i i'm not one to be at a loss for words very often and if in case you didn't figure that out by now but i i was a little caught off guard and I was like, um, um, uh, what? Like, wh- who's having a baby? <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, sure. And, um, I said we can be in there in like a couple hours. I had to get Dan back home and showered and they said, yep, just take your time. Um, go get some lunch. Like just, just come on in when you're ready. So we, uh, I got, I called Dan and he was panicking a little bit more than I was. <laughs> but he was, I, I think he was excited. Um, I hope he was excited, but he came home, he got showered up and then we went into Culver's <laughs> and that was kind of like my last meal. <laughs> that was kind of like our little last date, just the two of us. Um, so I had a, a butter burger with a big old root beer. Um, <laughs> and we, we got in there, we got into, um, labor and delivery around like two o'clock and right away they took my blood sugar and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I just, I just scarfed down a cheeseburger and a big root beer, but apparently my blood sugar was, was perfect. It was low even. Um, so they said, okay, throw away all your blood sugar stuff. You don't ever need to take that again. I was like, sweet. <laughs> so they get me like all, all strapped up. They check me. I am like, like half a centimeter dilated at this point. So they start me on Pitocin right away. And this was something that I knew next to nothing about. Like I knew, I kind of knew what the drug was, um, but I didn't really know like the extent of it, I guess. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I just didn't know a lot about it. I knew it would help get you dilated, kind of speed the process along, but I didn't know how long it would take. Um, they said it could take you know, just a couple hours or it could take a couple of days. So they, they just kind of told me to settle in and buckle up cause it'll, it could be a while. And it was a while. Um, so I called my mom, um, and, and told her we were in and settled in and her and my dad drove up and it's like an hour from our house to the hospital that we were at. So they were there and my mom, <laughs> <laughs> she was excited. This is their first grandbaby. And, uh, she, her and my dad were sitting in the waiting room from like two o'clock until they got kicked out at like nine o'clock, I think. And my mom just assumed that we would have the baby in that amount of time, uh, for not being any dilated and they were in for a rude awakening. So they stayed in town overnight. And then my mom came back early in the morning, um, and sat in the waiting room again <laughs> Like telling us to speed things up. So now it's Thursday and still no progress. And I'm not, I'm not getting frustrated. I'm just like, la-di-da, like it is what it is. It's going to happen when it happens. Um, so they started cranking up my dosage of Pitocin. I think I started, I don't know, in single digits. And then uh, by the time Thursday night rolled around, I think I was like in the 20s of whatever unit they give you. And the highest they will put you is like at 33. And I think by like Thursday night, I was like at like a 25, what whatever amount of drip of Pitocin. So like they were cranking me up and I was not progressing very fast. Um, so I think Thursday night when I went to sleep, they gave me a Benadryl to help with my itching for the stupid pups rash because that wasn't going away. Um, so they gave me a Benadryl and then I went to sleep around like 9, 10 o'clock, whatever my last check was. And... I was at like a three centimeters, three centimeters maybe when I went to sleep that night. And then at, by midnight, I like this entire time I was hooked up to the monitor. Like the nurses would come in. She's like, Oh, can you feel that? Like you're having a pretty good contraction. I'm like, no, I can't feel anything. So at this point I'm like, Oh, perfect. Like I, this, this is easy. Contractions are easy. I've got a high pain tolerance. Like this is going to be nothing. Like if they're telling me these are good contractions, like, I don't need an epidural. I can do this all natural. Like, oh, I'm just this macho. <laughs> I can do this. I'm I'm superwoman. This is easy. And then like midnight on the dot, I woke up Friday morning and I it felt like someone dropped a bowling ball from my mouth 
and it hit the bottom of my pelvis. It shot me straight up out of bed. I was in a cold sweat and it felt like I had to poop so bad. (laughs) So I hit my, my nurse button and she comes in and I told her what's going on. She's like, oh, well, it sounds like the baby just dropped and, and, um, and all that, and all that's what, I don't know. She's like, the baby, it sounds like the baby dropped and we'll get your, like, we'll, we'll do a cervical check on you. And I just don't be upset if it's not what you think it is. And I said, okay. So then she calls in a midwife and they do a check and she's like, oh, you're actually at 10 centimeters. That was fast. And like the contractions, that's when I got like the real contractions. (laughs) And it took me like two big contractions as far as like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I need an epidural. Like as soon as you could get that, that would be great. So, um, my water broke during this time. Uh, I should say like Wednesday night into Thursday, they tried to give me like a balloon to try to speed up like, uh, my dilation process. And (laughs) so for those of you that don't know what the balloon is, it's like, You remember like those little rubber balloon things that you'd put on a on a straw and you'd like blow them up, like it was a thing back in my childhood. I don't know, and then you could put whatever, like those balloons where you just blow up with a straw. That's pretty much what they were doing to your cervix. Um, so as soon as they like tried to insert that, <laughs> they they couldn't tell if if they broke my water or if I just peed. <laughs> So they just assumed my water broke at that time. So they didn't do a lot of cervical checks after that because once your water breaks, they just don't check you for that anymore. Um, So they were kind of unsure. But then um, like Thursday night into Friday morning, like when I felt that, then I felt like this gush. And I was like, okay, that was definitely my water breaking. And that didn't feel like it did before. So I knew it was, (laughs) I knew it was go time. Um, so yeah, that was all around midnight. And then they came in with an epidural for me around like two o'clock. And I think by two 30, um, I was all situated with the epidural feeling good. So I slept from two 30 until, um, a little before eight o'clock and they woke me up and they're like, okay, let's start pushing. And I was like, Oh Lord, I was, <laughs> I'm just like wiping sleep out of my eye. And it's <laughs> like, Oh, you want me to go right now? Okay. So, um, I was like, oh, this will be easy. I can't feel anything, so I should just be able to pop this kid right out. Uh, no, that that did not happen. So in the the episode, the podcast episode with the dads, um, Dan was saying that he wanted to be an above-the-sheet guy. Well, surprise, Dan, there was no sheet. <laughs> and <laughs> I just had one nurse in there with me, and she was this older lady, like 60s um, like late sixties, early seventies, I would say she was a sweet lady. Like she had been there for a very long time. She delivered a lot of babies. So I trusted she knew what she was doing. Um, but Dan (laughs) had to hold my leg (laughs) when I was pushing, like he, he saw everything and, um, he was, he was a really, (laughs) he was a trooper through the whole process. He didn't say anything too dumb to make me yell at him or anything. I stayed pretty calm throughout the whole thing. I didn't yell at him. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just pushing my little heart out. And, um, I was pushing for a very long time until one eleven uh, in the afternoon. So like six hours, five hours, six hours, whatever it was. Um, and by the end of it, I was getting, I was getting kind of tired, like <laughs> not gonna lie. I, it was, it's hard. It basically feels like um, you just have to take a very large poop the entire time. Like that's what it feels like to push through a contraction. And they actually had me um, sit on a commode to practice my pushing. (laughs) So um, they were having me like get out from bed and like changing positions and everything and, and trying to find whatever to, you know, get the process sped up even more. And, um, finally I had like my main midwife was in there with me, like during the last, I don't know, like two hours, I think she was on, like, she was on the bed with me, like on her hands and knees, just coaching me through the whole thing. And like the last, I don't know, half hour of, 
of pushing as I was getting tired and I told her I was like can you just get like a plunger or something and stick it on this kid's head and just suction him out like is that an option (laughs) kind of joking and she's like yeah actually if you're getting you know I can tell you're getting tired and if you know in the next couple of pushes if we don't make any progress definitely we will consider that as an option I was like oh shit I was just kidding but okay glad to know (laughs) that's a thing um so she actually let like the the delivery surgeon or whatever know that I I was getting tired and um as soon as that surgeon lady walked in I had one more big push and out pop porter (laughs) uh so I it it was intense like towards the end end of it the nurses are like oh do you want to see like do you want us to get a mirror so you can look I was like, no, I don't want to see that because <laughs> all I could think about was Annalise <laughs> during our episode last one she was on. She's like, I don't want to look at it normally. Why would I want to look at it when it's angry? Well, I had to look at it when it was angry and it was, it was a sight. Um, so they had the mirror up. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to say, I don't want to talk about that, but I, I'm watching this happen and it was wild, man. If you, if you're not squeamish, you, you should probably get the mirror. It's kind of cool to see. But um, yeah, Dan was there and he he was watching the whole thing happen. Um, again, holding my leg <laughs> for the entire six hours or whatever it was. And um, I remember they just like laid him on my chest right after. And I just remember looking at him and just being like, holy shit, <laughs> like what just happened? I just remember being so exhausted, but he was the most perfect baby I'd ever seen like I know I know every mom is gonna say that but I was very worried he was gonna come out looking like an alien or a potato or (laughs) something and when I saw him finally it was just it was perfect he was perfectly hairy and just the cutest chubby cheeks and just so sweet and I don't I don't remember him crying very loud I don't know I was just I was just so out of it I don't I honestly don't remember much um but I, yeah, I just remember holding him for a second and then them taking him away. And I was just dazed and confused, like not knowing what's going on or, you know, I, I didn't know what was coming next. Um, so they were getting him cleaned up and, and then I don't, I don't know what happened next. <laughs> I think the midwife was like checking me out, getting everything all cleaned up and stuff. And, and they do like the uterus massage thing. And I remember she did that and I felt like a gush and I kind of thought that was normal. Um, and she didn't say anything, like her facial expression was fine so I didn't worry. Um, so she she did that first like uterus massage and they do that to like start contracting the uterus down again. So it's still contracting but they wanna like contract it down faster and they wanna make sure that it's doing that so they like it, it feels like they're kneading dough on your stomach to kind of contract it back down. So, um, they did that. It's, it's kind of painful. Um, <laughs> and I, I tore a little bit. So she's giving me stitches. She's like just carrying on a conversation with me. Like nothing's wrong. Um, my parents come in, they get to see the baby. Um, they stay for a, a couple minutes, like a half hour, then they leave. Um, and then, they wheel us down to our recovery room and my brother comes in, he hangs out for a little bit. And then I remember, um, I had an adjustable bed and I, as soon as my brother left, I went to like tip my bed back and I just felt like this huge gush. Um, and, and right as that was happening, my nurse came in to give me like another uterus massage. And I told her, I was like, I leaned my, my bed back and I felt this. And so she checked it out and she pushed on my stomach again. And I like felt this explosion, um, just this huge, this huge gush. And she panicked (laughs) and she hit like the, the panic button next to the bed. And within like seconds, my room was just full of nurses. Um, probably at least like a dozen to 20 nurses that would like literally just swarmed. God damn it, Winnie. (laughs) Sorry, you could hear that. Um, like all these nurses just came swarming in. And, like, it was a scene straight out of, like, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Like, <laughs> my, 
cat is just playing in her litter box. I'm trying to tell a very dramatic story and she's just stealing the thunder per usual. So just ignore, <laughs> ignore that. So anyway, like there's all these, these nurses just swarmed in and like the head charge nurse is saying like, okay, here's what I think is happening. Like, I, I have no idea what they're saying. Um, but I can just tell like they're having a group meeting and then one nurse like goes sprinting out and she comes back in with an ultrasound machine and the charge nurse like gets on top of my bed and she's like, she's like, your two options are either go immediately into surgery or I shove my hand up in you and get these blood clots out. So they like, they, before she does this, they take an ultrasound of my uterus to check for blood clots. Um, because when, when the first nurse came in and like was pushing on my uterus like I had lost a bunch of blood and uh they just assumed like there there were more blood clots in my uterus that <laughs> needed to come out and the only way that they would come out is if they did a surgery on me or if they did what's called a manual sweep and that is basically when she shoved her whole arm up inside of me to my uterus and just scraped the lining of the uterus to get those blood clots out and pulled pulled the clots out uh, with her hand. So before she did that, she said, just think of it this way. My hand is a lot smaller than your baby's head. And she gave me a three, two, one countdown and she dove, she dove right in. And that was more painful than the birth. (laughs) Um, They gave me a lot of drugs, like two seconds before she did this. And I just remember like I, I could feel myself losing a lot of blood. I could feel myself like not being with it. And I just remember looking over and seeing Dan uh, holding Porter in the corner of the room and he looked terrified. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, holy shit, like what if I never see them again? Like what, this is how people died giving birth. And like, what if, what if, this is it for me. And it was, it was super scary. And I didn't totally understand what was going on or to the extent I just knew I, I didn't feel good. And I knew I was losing a lot of fluids of some sort. I didn't know it was that much blood, but I knew, I knew it wasn't good. Um, and then, uh, to kind of, I, like, that was, that was super painful. I'm not going to lie. It was, (laughs) it was awful. Um, and as soon as it was over, uh, and everyone kind of cleared out and the, the charge nurse said, okay, I think we got it taken care of. Thanks for not passing out or like whatever, like you did good. And she just left. Um, so then it was just me and like my, um, the nurse I was checking on me for the rest of the day. I don't know what, whatever, like my, my normal nurse, my bedside nurse, whatever, um, she is a sweet little thing. And I just remember looking at her and I said, all I can think about right now is that scene from Mean Girls where the coach was teaching health class and he's like, don't have sex. You will get pregnant and you will die. That's all I could think about (laughs) because yep, very accurate. So he was right. Uh, so come to find out I had a, I had a hemorrhage and I lost over a liter of blood during that time. And while after, right, while I was still in labor and delivery, um, after I'd given birth, I had popped out, uh, two grapefruit sized blood clots in there as well. So I'd lost even more blood during that time. Um, so I felt like, like dog shit. I felt like white dog shit. (laughs) So I ended up staying in the hospital an extra day to be monitored. I also developed high blood pressure during that time. Um, so I needed a, a blood transfusion and an iron transfusion while I was at the hospital. Um, so Porter was actually discharged before I was. Uh, but he and Dan were able to stay there with me, obviously. Uh, so we stayed. We were in the hospital from Wednesday until... Sunday afternoon, I think. So it was, it was a long stay, uh, but everything else went well. Porter was perfect. Like he didn't have any issues. Um, he was sleeping through the night. Like he was just a perfect little angel and, and he still is obviously. So, um, 
when we came home, it was, it was wild. <laughs> he's, he's been great. He, um, the only, the only thing he kind of has his nights and days mixed up now. So he's just wide awake at night. He won't cry so much, but he, he'll just kind of look up and, and coo and, and kick around, but he doesn't cry a whole lot at night, which is nice. So I just stay up with him all night and then we kind of sleep a lot in the morning. Um, but someday, sometimes he just doesn't sleep during the day either. And I don't know how he's so awake all the time. He's just, he's just a little vampire, <laughs> just wide awake at night and then kind of sleeps when he wants during the day. Um, but he's a great eater. Um, we, I'm trying to breastfeed him. And then we also started him on formula in the hospital too, just because I couldn't, I like, I physically just couldn't feed him, uh, during the first couple nights, like I, I just couldn't do it. So he's, he's kind of bouncing back and forth between. Um, so he's been doing great and, um, yeah, he, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. So like during this whole time, um, we've been home, like he and I, Dan was home with me the first week. He got the first week off. Um, and then he went back to work, um, that following week because it's right, right before harvest and he, it's a busy time for us, obviously. So he had to get back right away. Um, but Dan has been great with him. He, he does everything and anything, um, with him. So he, he changed a lot of diapers while we were in the hospital. Um, he figured out all the car seat stuff. He, like, he took care of everything for me while I was, trying to recover, um, from everything. So he was, he was really great. So I was very nervous when he went back to work because I hadn't had the experience that he did, uh, with him. So that was, that was scary to go from pretty much him doing everything to me doing everything uh, while still trying to recover physically and mentally from everything that just happened. So, um, obviously things are going much better now. Uh, Porter is definitely a little mama's boy. So he, and I snuggle all day long, um, all night long. So Dan is still getting up in the middle of the night to watch for frost. So it's pretty much just Porter and I, uh, which is great. I, I love it. I'm not going to complain about that. So I haven't been back to work yet. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go trying to balance that, that <laughs> and, and being a good mom. I'm, I'm a little nervous for that, especially with harvest. Um, so my mom has been, is going to kind of trade off with me. So she'll be kind of doing my job during harvest for a couple of days during the week. And then I'll take over for her and she's going to stay home and watch, watch Porter for me while I'm at work. Um, but I am excited just to kind of get out of the house a little bit. I've been kind of trapped in, in our bedroom because of the renovations going on. I can't really be out and about, um, so I've been just stuck in my bedroom with Porter and we've just been <laughs> napping and watching a lot of, a lot of TV. So we have watched Ozark. We went through that entire season or that entire series. I also watched, um, uh, Manifest on Netflix too. That I kind of like that show. That was good. Um, but yeah, we, we're just hanging out and it's been, it's been fun. <laughs> so that's kind of, that was kind of like the whole story. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really feel like going over that in social media because, um, I just heard so many horror stories. Like there's not a lot of, I didn't really hear a lot of positive birth stories and I just didn't want to be another person that's like, oh yeah, like, Ooh, so many horror stories. Here's another one. Um, but I also didn't know that like this hemorrhaging thing, like I, I didn't know anything about that. I, I just was totally unprepared for all of that. And I think that's probably for the best. I don't think I would have wanted to know that. So in the future, um, if there's, if there's going to be a second baby, (laughs) I have to go see, um, like a hematologist, a blood doctor and like do a bunch of labs to make sure that my iron levels are high enough. Uh, so this doesn't happen again. So I need to like start working on building my iron up before I get pregnant, if I want to get pregnant again. <laughs> um, 
just so I really have a high level of iron going into the next pregnancy. And uh, hopefully that prevents this from happening ever again because it was very scary and I don't wish that upon anyone. Um, so so that that's kind of that. Um, let me pull up some questions that you guys had sent in. Um, so do, 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 do. Okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm just going to pull these at random. So, did the song from The Lion King start playing when they laid him on your chest? <laughs> so, funny story. My parents actually came up to tailgate the birth. So, there is a parking ramp <laughs> outside of the hospital. And my parents wanted to tailgate out there. So, when we... Because they weren't, they weren't allowed to come in because of COVID. And... Um, <laughs> I told them as soon as we had the baby that we were going to hold him up in the window, Lion King style. So they were out in this parking ramp on the top level and they were eating Rocky or Coco's pizza and waiting for us to uh, Lion King our baby in the window. So yes, that song did pop in my head when they laid him on my chest. <laughs> um, how did you and Dan decide you were ready for kids? That is a great question. Dan is, he would, hmm, how do I want to say this? He's, he, he, he gets very, he was very nervous about the subject. Um, I think the thought of being a dad kind of scared him. So it was a very delicate conversation. He, we kind of tiptoed around it for a little while. And finally I just said like, I think I'm ready. And he said, oh shit. Okay. I guess I can be ready too. Um, so that was kind of the end of the conversation. It just like kind of came up delicately, like we had tiptoed around it, but um, it finally came to the point where I was like, eh, I think I'm ready. Like if we if we want to start trying, we should probably start trying now. Um, and so he kind of like nervously agreed and no turning back after that. <laughs> um, did you know you wanted kids? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I, I wasn't like the kid that grew up being like, oh, I want to be a mom. Like that's, that's my main goal in life is to be a mom. Like I was never that type of person. I, but I always knew I wanted kids. Um, and yeah, I, I think Dan, I knew Dan was always going to be a great dad. So it's been a really fun transition seeing him go from being so nervous to having so much fun with it. That's been, that's been pretty cool. Um, was it a big adjustment after you brought him home? Uh, no, actually. I mean, like, yes, but no. He, it just felt natural when we came home. Like, the animals were very excited to meet him. Bear was great. He just kind of sat down and, and um, was super gentle with him. Like, he's still very much a puppy, obviously. Uh, so, like, he still has a lot of really big movements. But when Porter came home, he just, like, sat and, and just, like, licked him. It was super cute. Uh, and Winnie, it took her a minute to like come up close to him. But once she did, she's been great too. She's been very gentle and, and very cuddly with him sometimes when he's, especially when he's eating, like when he's not moving so much as when she enjoys sitting by him. Um, so that's been fun, but no, it wasn't a huge adjustment, thankfully. Um, let's see what else. Uh, was his name inspired by somebody special? Uh, n no, not really. I was listening to the radio one day and I heard a Porter Wagner song. He's an old country singer. And I was like, oh, I really like that name. That's super unique, uh, kind of old timey sounding. And I didn't know anybody named Porter. Um, I think that was kind of like my biggest thing. So I actually wanted to name him William Porter. Uh, so the William is like my dad's side of the family name. So my dad's first name is William, but everyone calls him by his middle name, which is Scott. And my brother is also William and his middle name is Russell, but he goes by Rusty. So like the, the guys on my dad's side, all go by their middle name. Um, so I thought that William Porter was a good a good sounding name and I would just call him Porter. Um, but I, I decided at the last minute to just go with Porter Scott. 
so still incorporate my dad's name in there somehow, um, but just in a different way. So that was literally like a last minute switch that I did. So I'm glad it worked out that way. Um, let's see what else. Did you feel prepared? No, I didn't, but I, I don't think I would want to be. I knew I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm very much an over planner. So I kind of had a plan for every type of scenario, um, except for the one I went on. So (laughs) Like, I felt like I was kind of prepared going into it. I felt like I had all the equipment, but like mentally I wasn't, I don't think I was prepared and I don't know if what else I could have done to be prepared. Honestly, it like for me, it's just kind of a learn as I go. And like, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't take a lot of time to, I, I want to do things my way as a parent and I don't want to be like, oh, well, this person said like this book said I needed to do this in X, Y, Z form. Um, like, I don't like doing that. That puts too much pressure on everybody to be perfect. And I know that's not how things go. So I'm just kind of doing things how I think it should be and what works best for us. So I'm just kind of winging it. Like I always do everything else (laughs) and it's working out okay so far. Um, first time farmer here having a hard time with not being as involved in my business these days. How are you coping with that? Uh, that's, that's kind of been my issue this entire process. Like I've talked about it before during pregnancy, I haven't been involved, um, on the farm as much as I have been. And that was a very hard identity thing for me to come to terms with. But also I had to realize, you know, that I was doing a very important job that no one else on the farm could do. And that was to grow a human. And now my job is to raise that human, um, to the best that I can. Um, so knowing I have dual roles on the farm is, is very important to me. And I know that, you know, these days aren't going to last forever. And I'm, I, you know, spending time with my baby is way more important to me right now than working. And I am very fortunate that I have the ability to stay home with my baby and to love him as much as I can and just soak up these baby days. Because again, it's not going to last forever. Um, and you know, the marsh is always going to be there whether I'm, I'm there or not, uh, hopefully (laughs) for now anyway. Um, so I know people have my back and they have, I'm like, my job is being covered for me and, and I'm, I'm able to just kind of relax and come back, um, when I'm ready, which is going to be pretty soon, (laughs) uh, because that dang harvest doesn't stop. Um, so yeah, it is hard. It is hard, but just kind of know that being a mom is hard too. And, and it's important to be there for your baby right now and just, just enjoy it while you can. Um, how to get a newborn to sleep on their back without a swaddle. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> we just started um, taking Porter out of a swaddle at night. Um, and I've been putting him in a sleep sack. And it's kind of like a weighted sleep sack. Um, so it's just pretty much like a potato bag <laughs> with armholes. <laughs> so he sleeps in that now um, instead of a swaddle. But he he isn't sleeping the best at night in his bassinet and I don't know if that's because he's not in a swaddle anymore and his arms are flailing a lot more than they were in the swaddle um so I think that's kind of waking him up so we're still working on that because if he starts flailing around and like grunting and groaning and like waking himself up he wants to be cuddled so I'll pick him up and cuddle him and like lay him on my chest and he instantly falls asleep laying on my chest and that's not good because then I can't sleep um (laughs) So we're, we're, we're trying to figure that out. So if you have any hacks for me to get him to sleep, let me know. I'd be very interested in that. Um, let's see. What was your biggest shock or unrealizing thing about becoming a mom that you didn't know until you became a mom? Oh, um, my biggest shock. That is a good question. I don't know if I had like a biggest shock. 
the poop. I don't think I re- like I I had no idea what newborn poop looked like, what it smelled like, how much they pooped. To me, it smells like buttered popcorn, and I hate the smell of buttered popcorn. Like it just smells like that oily butter. Blah, don't like it. Um. Yeah, that's probably my biggest thing. Just the poop, the amount of poop. Oh wait, no. Um, the thing that I didn't realize was giving a boy like giving baths that you need to like cover up his little weenie when you give him a bath (laughs) our first mistake like our first bath that we gave him when we got home uh, we're still like giving him a sponge bath type thing um but I like put a wet washcloth on his belly to like start kind of cleaning him and this was over our bathroom sink and there was just a stream of pee that (laughs) covered our bathroom mirror and our wall and everything and cooked quickly realized that we need to cover that up. Uh, so we learned that lesson pretty early on. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. So if you have a boy, make sure you're covering that up when you give him a bath because warm water uh, is triggering <laughs> for for them to pee. <laughs> um, a couple more questions here. How did you decide on what products like strollers, car seats, bottles to purchase? Um, I just kind of looked up. I googled it. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I kind of looked up car seats. I spent a little bit more time on car seats than strollers. Um, but I just like Googled like 2021 20, best car seats. And, uh, there are a couple options on there and I just kind of like kept checking the, every list to see if there was any common denominators, uh, seats on there. And I went with the one that was most repetitive. I couldn't tell you which car seat it is. Um, but it's on there quite a bit. It's like, I want to say it's a Graco car seat. Um, bottles. I just got a bunch of different bottles because like, I don't know what kind he's going to like. Um, I didn't know if I was going to need bottles at, or whatever. So I, <laughs> I didn't know. So I just got a bunch of different shaped bottles, a, like a bunch of different ones. And we kind of tried them all and this process of elimination, what he likes and what he doesn't like. Um, same with like pacifiers too. They're all different shapes and stuff, but I made sure that they're all orthodontic safe pacifiers because I don't want this child to have my terrible teeth. Um, so trying to save him from that pain. <laughs> um, do you feel like nobody really was honest with the difficulties of feeding and everything else? Um, yes and no. Like I knew it could be a struggle for some people. That's why I didn't know like I stocked up on bottles, um, and I wasn't opposed because I know like some moms are like, no, like I only want to breastfeed or like, no, I only want to do formula. Like I was open to anything, like whatever he was willing to do for me. Like I'm, I'm going to do whatever my baby is willing to do for me too. So, um, I didn't, I didn't really go into it with a closed mind. Um, so I was just like, yeah, if he, if he, if he wants to breastfeed and he likes, if he can latch on right away, like great. Um, we'll work on it if he can't, but if he just doesn't like it, if we just don't agree with it, we'll figure something out. So thankfully he's able to take to both, uh, breastfeeding and and bottle feeding right away. And he's been a champ at eating. Um, but I heard that it's usually like a trade-off either. They're like really great eaters and really bad sleepers, or they're really great sleepers and really bad eaters. So I'm glad he's a good eater. Um, I'd rather have that than a good sleeper. I think I can run on no sleep, uh, but but him not eating would stress me out way more. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Do you plan on taking the baby with you to the farm? Um, if so, how? Yes, I'm going to try to do that as much as possible. I have like a, I have a carrier for him, like a chest carrier. I've been practicing um, putting that on and off by myself with him and walking around with him in it. And so far he seems to be enjoying it. Um, kind of once I figured out how to seat him in on me <laughs> so he's comfortable and like where to like position the carrier on me so he's up high enough and all that other good stuff. Um, so I'm, I've been working on that with him and he seems to like that. And I also have a wagon for him too so I can kind of tote him around if I need to be walking around anywhere like on the gravel. Um, it's like a an off-road <laughs> rugged all-terrain wagon so um, a couple different options I'm also planning on putting um, a car seat in the back of our work truck 
so I can kind of buckle him in there and take him around and have him ride around with me and and we're also putting a pack and play down in our shop office so if I'm down there doing book work he can come hang out with me there too so um and if I'm doing something where none of that is an option my mom is right here in my backyard (laughs) literally in my backyard so I can I can pawn him off on her on days where I need to be um doing a little bit more manual stuff where I can't carry him around so I'm I'm very lucky in that sense that I have a built-in babysitter right here so um I hope I hope that all works out I hope it's not easier said than done but we'll see Uh, I'm sure I'll keep you guys updated on that as well um let's see is there anything else really um, I feel like no one tells you about their birth stories until after you go through birth and it's too late. So, uh, yeah, actually I, again, like I, I, I had heard a lot of horror stories. Like I'm on TikTok and I somehow got on like, on like birthing TikTok. <laughs> I got into that side of the algorithm. So I heard a lot of, a lot of horror stories, um, on there and I never really heard any good stories. So that's kind of why I didn't really have like a set birth plan or anything because I knew it wasn't going to go the way I wanted it to anyway. So I just kind of had like a loose plan and and just was rolling with the punches. But if you do have any questions for me about like anything I went through or like my experience um, being induced and that kind of thing, just feel free to reach out. Like I'm obviously pretty transparent with all this stuff. So if you have questions, feel free to ask. I won't. I'll give you the, the nitty gritty details if you want them. Um, but there's also a lot of really great things about it too. So, um, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> if you want to hear more stories, I can tell you stories, but if you don't, that's cool too. I won't take offense to it. Um, the best, okay. So this will kind of be my last one. The best tips you have throughout the whole process, any and everything just, I don't know. This is just how I am. I am, I am, I am the type of person that plans, that likes to have everything, like a plan for everything, like every situation I like to have a plan. Um, so I think to me anyway, it's more stressful if you are trying to follow like one certain plan and try to stick with it. I think because nothing ever works out that way, at least in my opinion. So if you're like, I, I don't want an epidural. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. The more you say you don't want, the more it's probably going to happen. Um, so just kind of go with an open mind, be educated, obviously, uh, ask, ask a lot of questions when you go to the doctor, but don't think that that's the only way that you can do things. Um, just, just be, just be open and enjoy what you have and, just enjoy the journey as much as you possibly can. There's some parts that are really awful and there's some parts that are really great. And at the end of it, you get like the greatest reward of all. And it, it honestly changes your life in so many different ways so fast. And it is such a cool, cool experience. And like everyone always said, like, oh, it's, it, it changes you so fast and it's going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. And like, you don't, like you're like, oh yeah, I, I bet, but you don't really understand it until you have that baby on you for the first time and you like look at what you have been making for the last nine, ten months and it's just so stinking cool and I'm so happy that we have little Porter here and it, I'm, I'm just really happy and it's been a great month, it's been a great six weeks, whatever it's been and I would go through all the pups pain and agony all over again, uh, to have him here. So he, he's pretty great. I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. So thank you guys. Uh, hopefully that answered a lot of your questions. Um, thanks for sticking with me through this and, uh, hopefully again, Becca and I will be back next week to talk more farm stuff. But again, if you have any questions about anything, um, feel free to shoot me a message. Uh, I'd love to talk to you guys. So until next week, uh, if you're not following us on social media, head on over to uh, Forward Farming Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. 
um, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a review if you haven't already on iTunes. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Bye.